We have two readings this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what, human know, for what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. The second reading is in John chapter 14, verses 15 through to verse 21. These are the words of Jesus. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned, I am coming to you. In a little while the world will see, will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep, the, keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, friends. How are you? I'm Rachel, and I work here at St. Tom's as the Children's and Families Ministries Coordinator. And so we're in chapter 13 of Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, and we're looking at the question, why the Spirit? In our reading from John 14 today, God promises us that we're here on earth, we're not going to be alone, that we have an advocate or a helper who abides with us and is in us. And today is a perfect opportunity to think about the Holy Spirit as we've just baptised Ben and Alex and asked them to receive the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit, and I think we have evidence to show that that was the case. <laughs> and it's really easy for us to take the Spirit out of context of the Trinity. We can think that the Spirit is just a powerful force and not realise that it's a person which can be grieved. Or we can forget the Spirit completely and run the risk of thinking of God's Word as just a historical book. Or we can leave 
both Jesus and the Holy Spirit out and have an impersonal God who doesn't care and doesn't know us or that we can know him. So today we're going to explore further about the role of the Holy Spirit and how it causes us to feel Christ's heart for us and for us to know God's endless love for us. So I have a word cloud and a few of you completed the assignment this week. I set some homework. Nine of you did, thank you. Not, not, overwhelming, uh, 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 not an overwhelming response, but that's okay. Maybe you're not on Facebook in the middle of the day. <laughs> but we can see that there is so many things that the Holy Spirit does and is. We can see that they're really active words, that they are life-giving words, and that they're deeply personal, but also have a role in um, growing the church. And all of these things are gloriously true. And I could make so many points on every single one of them. I could talk about how the Holy Spirit has grown the church. I could talk about that it's in me and all around me and that it can be in you and all around you. And I can talk about recent revivals and historical revivals. I could talk about healing. I could talk about all of these things, but I'm only allowed to talk about two points because we can't be here all day. And there are two points from Ortland's book. And they were two things that really stood out for me as I read these chapters. The first one is what I'm really excited about because I'm all about the feelings. I'm an emotional character. I get passionate and I have big feelings. And I love that the Holy Spirit means that I get to feel Christ's heart for me and that's my hope for you as well. The second one is new idea for me, although it shouldn't be, but it is. It's that the Spirit is a person and that actually took a lot of thinking about what that means. Does this reduce the Spirit's power? What exactly is Dane getting us to think about? A person? So let's explore these two points and also how they actually relate to, heart, to each other to help us know Christ's heart for us. So the Spirit causes us to actually feel Christ's heart for us. The Spirit makes the heart of Christ real to us, not just heard, not just seen, not just head knowledge, not just exciting stories from the Bible, but to be felt. The Holy Spirit's role is to move us from theory to reality, from doctrine to experience. And there are many stories in the Bible of the people transformed by the Spirit, and that transformation is for us today. For the disciples in our reading from John 14, we see that they were sad and that sorrow had filled their hearts. They were losing their friends. Friend, they might have felt that they were abandoned. Yet Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come and fill them and be with them forever. The role of the Spirit would turn their hearts from sorrow to joy. That he would rise again and that his word through the Spirit would go out and the church would be built. And God's Spirit is present in the, in the Old Testament. It's been with us since the very beginning. And I love the story of the ancient prophet Elijah. He was desperate, terrified, depressed even, and his life was threatened, and God's people were turning to foreign gods. Elijah sought refuge for, with God and cried out to him. And I love the imagery and symbolism of Elijah and how he encountered God's presence. God's voice didn't meet him in the great wind and 
that split the mountains, nor in the earthquake or the fire, but in the silence he could hear God's still small voice reassuring him. Elijah was transformed and reassured by God's still small voice. He knew God was with him. I too have felt Christ's love for me, particularly in the storms of life. For me, nearly 10 years ago, I was faced with a life-threatening condition and spent nearly a month in hospital, ICU, emergency surgery, the whole lot. The first night in hospital, I was so afraid. I thought I was going to die. And I prayed for God's peace and the words of Philippians 4 verse 6 came to me. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Overwhelmingly, I knew I wasn't alone in that place of chaos and fear. An enormous peace that surpassed all understanding was given to me. Even though I was afraid I could be thankful, I was able to enjoy and appreciate the company of my family and be assured that I would get through it, fully healed. And the Holy Spirit meant that I was assured of God's presence with me. The words of Philippians weren't just kind of a nice hallmark, get well card. They were actually a deep sense of peace in a very chaotic situation. To have the Holy Spirit means that you can be taken into a deeper relationship with God. Not simply theory, but you get to believe that God loves you, but you can also feel that. And if you've never asked God to reveal himself to you, you can, and he will, through the Spirit. For Christians, you have may have already experienced the Holy Spirit. Maybe you feel that you're, maybe you feel that you're operating more out of theory and you're in a bit of a dry patch, and I understand. I have felt the lackluster of routine and I would quite frankly prefer to be in my nice warm bed, but I want to encourage you to draw comfort through the Spirit. And you're not on your own, and so many Psalms describe these feelings and bring them before God. In Psalm 51, we can read, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new spirit right within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. My prayer is that we allow the Holy Spirit to move us and fill us, whether you know Christ or not, so that we can feel the heart of Christ. And the second point is that the Spirit is a person, and this might be a new idea for some of us, and clearly this idea of the Spirit being a person is not like Josie and Todd sitting there, standing here, in, or sitting there in bodily form, not standing, you know. It's probably more referring, referring to the dynamics of the relationship, both within the Trinity and how we personally relate as well to that. In Acts, we see the Holy Spirit described as a mighty rushing wind with tongues of fire or filling the disciples like a liquid. And while the Holy Spirit is amazingly all these things, both Ortland and Graham Cole want us to consider and recognise that the Holy Spirit is a person. 
So who's this Graham Cole? Well, growing up, he was a family friend of ours, uh, but <laughs> he also is past principal of Ridley and he's also a professor of biblical and systematic theology and the author of numerous books about the Holy Spirit. And Cole asks us to think deeper than just the Holy Spirit being powerful and or impersonal. In the passage of John, Jesus shared with his disciples that he was leaving to return to the Father and that would be an advantage. How? In Jesus leaving, the Spirit would come and the Spirit would be another of the same kind as Jesus, highlighting the dynamic between Jesus and the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's role is that of a helper or a comforter or an advocate, all which personify the Spirit and that changes us and, um, and in other places in Romans and Hebrews, these descriptors of the Spirit also personify the Spirit. The Spirit leads, it witnesses, it helps, it intercedes, it can be grieved and has a mind. And what we can see when the Holy Spirit is written about is that it's described in a really active and dynamic way that it transforms us. The actions that we read about in the Bible move us beyond thinking only the spirit as an impersonable force, but that it also possesses a will. In 1 Corinthians 2.10, the spirit reaches the depths of God. It enables us to know God's mind, and also the spirit knows our mind. It's an incredibly personal way of relating to God. And when you think about the Holy Spirit... As a person, it changes the way we relate to the Spirit. So what does it look like for us to treat the Holy Spirit as a person equal to the Father and Christ? Well, I'd like to take the two ideas from Ortland and put them together. This Holy Spirit helps us to feel and know the heart of Christ, and the Spirit is a person. Therefore, it's a relationship. God wants us to know him, and know him through the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be transformed and to become more like him through the Spirit. If you don't know the heart of Christ, you can ask God to reveal this to you. God will give you the Holy Spirit so you can know and feel the heart of God. You may have already asked God for this and still not felt God's presence. So I wanna encourage you to keep asking and asking to be persistent and relentless. God wants to reveal himself to you. Allow him to reveal himself to you. And if you're a Christian for a long time and you're struggling with sin or boredom or suffering or whatever is going on for you, the Holy Spirit's role is to be with you, to minister to you and to us in our suffering. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. It intercedes for us with wordless groans. We are never alone. And this relationship we have with the Trinity is a deeply personal one. So, this week, why not commit to the following? If you've never experienced God's love in Christ, ask God to pour his love 
into your heart through the Holy Spirit. You could pray personally for the Holy Spirit to renew you so you can feel and know Christ's heart for you. And then the third thing um, I really want you to do this week is to pray for our church or pray for someone else that might need to be filled with the Holy Spirit that we and they can know and feel Christ's heart for them. You can pray with me after the service. I'll be down the front. But I will pray for you now from Ephesians. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Amen.